Direct King's Court starts now. Test. I'm still driving, I ain't slowing down 
There's rules I'd love to break and bend Mistakes I've made again and again But I tell you this, my friends, I'm still around I hit it hard, man So far, man No laying up, no holding back Good Friday morning, St. Louis, and all points, north, east, south, and west. We welcome you in. It is Friday. That means it's Saturday Eve. This is the day the Lord created. Kevin Slayton with you, welcoming you into the Monster Energy Drink, stl-cars.com, Window World Kings Court, right here on kevinslaytonshow.com. You can also hear the podcast here, but this is where you come to hear the live show Every day, Monday through Friday, 7 to 9, where you get your dose of the unvarnished truth backed by facts and evidence. And you're going to hear quite a bit of evidence today. And we usually use the words of the people who make the statements. Some of them balderdash, others truthful, many of them flat out lies, absolute lies. And that's how we roll here. So you get the truth here. You won't get it anywhere else. You also get to weigh in if you'd like. 636-348-4460, 348-4460. 636-348-4460, 348-4460. We allow that. It's Radio Free St. Louis and Radio Free internationally. We have listeners internationally. We can track them. And we thank our listeners everywhere for putting us in the top 5% of podcasts worldwide. That means the Yemeni people are listening to us, the Ruskies, the Chinese. I don't think the North Koreans. I don't think we get through there. <laughs> but all of us know the best way to start off a Friday, don't we? All together now, class. A can of our favorite flavor of Monster Energy Drink. Right now I have in front of me the Zero Ultra. That's the white can you'll see with the big clawed M on it, the logo. And that means I'm getting zero sugar and only 10 calories. But you can pick your favorite flavor. It doesn't matter. Get your Monster Energy Drink to start the weekend. Get that boost and that push Maintain your focus, the punch of energy that you need to start your way through the weekend. Monster Energy represents the endless and relentless pursuit of victory, being your best all the time, at the top of your game. That's why it's the most badass energy drink on the planet. And it's more than a drink. It's a lifestyle in a can. And Monster Energy Drink proves that all the time with the events they sponsor. Whether it's a sporting event, it's always fun, parties around the event. If they bring your favorite band into your hometown, parties around the band's arrival, it's always about fun. And what Monster Energy Drink does, they'll throw parties, they'll make the coolest events they can think of into reality. That's what they do. It's a fun group. And it works. It gives you that boost of energy that you need. Unleash the beast in you with Monster Energy Drink today. Well, our director of research was busy uh, following the trial that sort of has taken a back seat right now on the January 6th nonsense, where that female judge, a liberal appointee, of course, refused to recuse herself, even though she's already donated against Trump, has made it clear that she hates Trump. But this is how liberals are. They don't have an ounce of integrity, not an ounce. None of them. They have no character. 
But she decides to stay on. And she got her ass handed to her yesterday from the testimony of Cash Patel, who was called to talk about why the National Guard wasn't called up. Because, as you know, the the storyline that the liberals are trying to proclaim is that Trump caused this insurrection and that he incurs it, of course, and was behind it all. And it was Trump, as it turns out, who wanted to call the National Guard And yet, because of the way the laws read, he was prohibited. Now, who stopped him? We all know that Pelosi stopped him, as did Mayor Muriel Bowser. You know, the the barking dog of Washington, D.C. That all happened. And yesterday, when Cash Patel was called, I don't think anybody expected the testimony, at least the people who claimed the insurrection. I think Donald Trump's lawyers knew it. Everybody knew it. Everybody who listened to Cash Patel talked knew it. And he gave his testimony this way. Step one was a commander-in-chief's authorization, which we had. Step two was a request by the governing body, the local governing body. It's the mayor since it's Washington, D.C., and or the heads of the Capitol Police Bureau. And Mr. Patel, I would ask you uh, if you recognize this letter. I do. It's the letter I referenced from Mayor Bowser, I believe on January 5th, to the Department of Defense, where she specifically stated, we would not be requesting any additional National Guard men and women. And that was her letter to us. That was the declination of a request. And so we were on standby. Did you testify before the January 6th Select Committee? I did. Were you questioned in... A public hearing? Uh, no, they declined my request for a public hearing. Was your testimony public when given? No. Did you tell them, did the committee ever call you to testify about those issues in public session? No. So the January 6th committee, here's the testimony that Cash Patel just gave yesterday in that trial. And they don't make it public, despite the fact that he requested a public hearing, like everybody else got, like Caitlin, whatever her name was, who claimed that Donald Trump was grabbing the steering wheel from the Secret Service. Oh, my God. She got a public testimony, but not Cash Patel, because his facts and his evidence in his testimony didn't jive with the lies that Pelosi's group, led by Liz Cheney and Hakeem Jeffries, Two dolts, if ever there were two dolts, wanted to put over on the American public. The entire charade was a lie. And so they hid Cash Patel's testimony from the American public, even though he requested public testimony. So the bottom line is that the White House requested National Guard protection for the Capitol days before January 6th. They were turned down by the governing body, the mayor who had the ultimate authority, and the person who's in charge of security for the Capitol. That would be Nancy Pelosi. Both of them declined National Guard help. And that's because both of them knew what the plan was in place already. The only plan regarding January 6th was by the liberals to infiltrate a crowd, stoke its passions, and try to cause trouble. A few people caused trouble, broke some windows, damaged some furniture. That's it, though. That was the extent of the insurrection, unarmed though it was. And Cash Patel's testimony just didn't jive with them, so they ignored it, and they buried it. But now here he is to tell us. 
Remember when Liz Cheney made this claim during the hearings. Some of the senior officials, uh, people like Cash Patel, uh, apparently um, not available. You effing liar. How do these people live with themselves? He requested public testimony, number one. You refuse that. Number two, he gave his testimony privately, and you claim he wasn't available. What an effing liar that woman is. She is one of the most despicable liberals ever created. I guess she's giving Pelosi a run for her money. Can you imagine that? I mean, just blatant lies. She knows it's a lie. She took part in the testimony hearing of Cash Patel in private. And then she claims he wasn't available. That's what she told the American public. When are you people going to wake up in this country? I mean, I see polls where Biden is close to Trump. He's behind him, but he's, he's close enough that you think to yourself, who in their right mind would vote for these people? This entire regime, who in their right mind would vote for a Democrat? As I've said many times, I'm not proud of the Republicans. They're spineless cowards. But they're not as corrupt as these bastards are. They don't just flat out lie to you. Good grief, man. That whole Cheney family is a pack of liars. Her old man taught her how to lie. Let's let's examine how much her old man stole with Halliburton, when it was Halliburton who the Bush administration hired to put out fires in the Iraqi desert. How much money putting out those oil well fires did Halliburton make? And who was, who was the big winner with Halliburton? Dick Cheney, that's who. These Cheneys have been corrupt forever. But we find out now that Liz Cheney's actually a liberal. She's a Democrat, always has been. And good for the Republicans to have ousted her. Good for, I should say, good for Donald Trump to have ousted her. He's the one who made sure she would never get elected again in Wyoming. She'll never get elected to anything again. Unless she moves to New York and runs for Congress as a Democrat. Her days in Wyoming are over. Her days in the Republican Party are over. But what an effing flat out liar. Cash Patel wasn't available. (laughs) I mean, how angry must must Cash Patel get when he hears that? If if I'm him, I I would go confront her. I really would. That lying, low-rent rodent. I'm going to try to limit my F-bombs, by the way. I've been told by a buddy of mine's wife, she goes, your your show's wonderful, but she goes, can you get less F-bombs? And I said, all right, I will. I shouldn't do that anyway. So there it is. That's my concession to the liberal cause. Although the liberals aren't asking me to drop F-bombs, I'm just doing it. But nonetheless, if I were to utter F-bombs right now, they would be directed at Liz Cheney because she is an effing liar, just a flat-out liar. Now, they all are. Remember that. These liberals lie just like they get a drink of water. So there you have that. But what about the tax expert, Cory Bush? Now, if you want uh, your taxes done, you really don't need to go to your accountant anymore. You don't need to go to any of those 
companies that advertise taxes on TV or radio, all you need to do is call Cori Bush because she is a tax expert after all. She's in Congress. And so if you're in Congress, you know stuff about taxes, right? Here's the tax expert, Cori Bush, trying to explain the tax code. So you're saying that 40, you're, you're saying that they're paying their fair share is what you're saying. No, I'm asking what percentage is a fair share. Their fair share, the same, if I'm paying, if a third of my money is going to taxes, then I think a third of their money should be going it to does. taxes. It does. Well, it does. I'm trying to understand it, because you realize the ta- effective tax rate on the poor is less than it is on the rich, right? Okay, so first of all, um, Uh-oh. I'm not the poor. I'm very close to their line, but I'm not the poor. Okay, so the effective, tax rate on the, the effective tax rate on the middle class okay. is less than it is on the rich, correct? Oopsie. <laughs> she stood there like she had just seen a ghost. She has no idea what she's talking about. And yet she's voting on bills that mess with our tax money. This entire system in this country is full of corruption and lunatics. But you know what? It's our system that allows these people to get elected. So I blame every single illiterate buffoon in the first district that ever cast a vote for her. It's your fault that that person is in Congress. She should be nowhere near Congress. She should be nowhere near intelligent life. She might contaminate it. That woman is as dumb as a rock, and I'll bet on the rock. She's illegally stupid. And yet, the wonderful people in the 1st District in the state of Missouri voted her into Congress. Now, the problem with that is that most of the people in the 1st District are just as dumb as she is. It's a pack of illiterate people. Uneducated, illiterate morons. Now, they redistricted uh, that that district so that, of course, it would include more people now. So people who didn't want to vote in that district now have to vote in that district. Hopefully that will blow up in their face. They thought it would get them more votes. Hopefully they put more intelligent forms of life in there. That has to be the most illiterate district in the country. Even more so than Ilhan Omar's district and Rashida Tlaib's district. And here's why. Because those districts have been set up illegally by Obama to put Muslims in Congress. So it's Muslims voting for Muslims. That's no surprise. It's not that they're illiterate. They're just corrupt. There's a difference. How, how in the world can you look at a choice in that district in Missouri of Andrew Jones versus Cory Bush and you vote for Cory Bush. How? Because you're an idiot, that's how. The intelligent forms of life all voted for Andrew Jones. There just aren't enough of them in that district. It is re- I'd love to see the cumulative IQ of the people that voted for Cory Bush. I'd love to see it. I'll guarantee it's single digits. Guarantee it. That is... Prima facie evidence that this woman knows nothing. Nothing. And yet she's voting on bills that affect your tax money. When will you get pissed off? Ever?
And then you go to the next stuttering buffoon, LBLL, at the podium from up here, where she stutters through a question. (laughs) And, And she literally is so stupid. But she stutters through a question about Robert Menendez, the liberal senator who is now facing charges of bribery along with his wife, who was able to attend a classified hearing. And when asked about it, here's LBLL. And I've said this before, um, we, you know, this is very serious. Uh, uh, you know, the, um, uh, the investigations, um, uh, we take them very seriously. Uh, I don't have anything to say about, um, uh, to comment about, um, uh, the, um, uh, you know, the meeting that he attended, the classified meeting that he attended. Uh, just not going to get into that from here. Uh, not from here. Obviously, we take this very seriously. Obviously, we take this very seriously. What do you mean, obviously? In other words, everybody should know that. It's it's clear that you take it very seriously. What do you take very seriously? You don't take anything seriously, except ripping people off and enriching the Bidens, and then you lie about it. That's the only thing you take seriously. Nothing else. You're a pathetic, pathological, illiterate liar. Uh, and, uh, 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 and, and of course, um, 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 we, um, um, take, um, um, let's talk to Cori Bush, but I won't comment on that from here, from here. She always acts like from here is such an important place. I'm standing here at the podium. I'm so important. I won't comment from here. Does this woman ever, or woman, I don't know if she's a woman. Does this it? Ever comment on anything? All it ever says is, I won't comment on that. Uh, we're not going to get into that. We're not going to get into that from here. <laughs> well, how about if we put you up on Mars? Would you comment from there? I think she resides on Mars. You really have to go a long way to get dumber than Cory Bush or LBLL. You really do, don't you? I mean, don't you have to try When you were going to school, you had to skip every class. When your parents were teaching you something, you had to ignore them. Because it's impossible to be born that stupid. You have to try. You have to just get dumber as you go along. And they succeeded. Unbelievably succeeded at being stupid. Cori Bush's greatest achievement in life is she has achieved a level of stupidity and utter buffoonery that I don't think anyone can match unless it's LBLL. And LBLL has already told us that she herself, as our director of research pointed out, is an historic figure. She said so. I'm an historic figure, she said, from up here. If we went back and counted the ums and the uhs, there has to be a dozen of them. It was a simple question. A very simple one. And she couldn't handle it. And she wouldn't get into that from up here. (laughs) Why did you just say that at the beginning? I'm not going to get into that from up here. And spare us the dozen or so ums and uhs. (laughs) I, I just, I can't even imagine a country dumber than ours. You can call China corrupt and Russia corrupt and Iran and North Korea. They, they are, their leaders as corrupt as they are are not as dumb as ours. 
They're corrupt, but so are ours. The difference is ours are dumber. You could search the whole world and not come up with anyone dumber than Cory Bush or LBLL. You could search the whole world and not find someone who lies so easily as LBLL does. Unless her name was Jen Psaki. That might be, that might, that might be somebody who would give LBLL a run for her money or its money. But I'm not so sure. I don't think LBLL can be topped. And if you're new to the show, LBLL is little black lesbian liar. Because we want everybody to know why Karine Jean-Pierre got hired in the first place. Clearly it wasn't her intellect. Clearly it wasn't her ability to tell the truth. So what could it be? Ah, she's a black lesbian liar. There it is. So, folks, if you want to get hired in the Biden regime, go ahead back to your resume, change a whole bunch of it, and just simply put, I'm a black lesbian liar. Boom, hired. But wait a minute, I'm not qualified for that job. Doesn't matter, none of us are. You get the job. And then their boss was out giving a speech somewhere in some godforsaken place about Bidenomics. You know, the, the thing that he says he didn't coin the phrase, but it's all he ever says. And in, uh, in his best monotone, he again wants you to believe that Bidenomics is the American dream. Folks, Bidenomics is just another way of saying the American dream. Forty years ago, trickle-down economics limited the dream to those at the top. But I believe every American willing to work hard should be able to get a job, no matter where they live, in the heartland, in small towns, to raise their kids on a good paycheck and keep their roots where they grew up. Maybe I'm as dumb as uh, Cory Bush, but how did trickle-down economics trickle down to those at the top? <laughs> when, when, it, when something trickles down, doesn't it go all the way down to the bottom? I mean... If you spill some water over the top of a cup, doesn't it trickle all the way down to the bottom of the cup on the outside? It doesn't trickle upward. So I have no idea what he's talking about, but he did say that Bidenomics is the American dream. (laughs) Here's what it is. It's the American nightmare. There isn't a single soul in this country who will tell you they're doing better thanks to Biden's economic policies. And if they do tell you that, their name is LBLL. They're just a liar. They're Liz Cheney. They're Pelosi. They're Schumer. Did you see where the standalone aid to Israel bill passed the House with Democrat support? Yeah. I think it was about 20 Democrats, in fact. Can't remember the exact number. But they crossed over. First time I've seen them break ranks on anything. But they recognize the need for the aid for Israel that shouldn't be tied to any more money for Ukraine. So the $14.5 billion will go to Israel. Now Biden wanted enough money tied to that bill to give $106 billion of our tax money, most of it to Ukraine. Schumer says that this bill will be dead on arrival when it gets to the Senate. Now if you're a Jewish American... Don't you want to wring his neck? He's Jewish. 
But when it comes to being a liberal buffoon and a liar and a corrupt SOB, Chuck Schumer doesn't care if he's Jewish or Asian. He's just corrupt. And he's a murderous corrupt bastard who threatened the lives of two Supreme Court justices. Chuck Schumer belongs in jail, but we don't live in a country that jails criminals anymore. Give the uh, dictatorship some credit. Even though the people aren't criminals, they jail them. We jail nobody. Well, I'm sorry, presidential opponents. We try to jail them. But always remember, in Biden's world, <laughs> economic water trickles from altogether class, the bottom up, and the middle out. <laughs> Every time he says that, I start laughing like like it means something. Somebody gives him these phrases, and he says them all the time, and none of them mean anything. Bottom up and middle out. Huh? What? <laughs> it's a comedy show. Thank God, you know, the... Cancel culture has taken away all of our good sitcoms. There'll never be another sitcom made in, in Hollywood. But Biden's regime gives us a daily sitcom. You had Anthony Blinken dressing his children up for Halloween, one as Zelensky from Ukraine and the other as the Ukrainian flag. Now, not the American flag, mind you. The United States Secretary of State had one of his children dress up as the Ukrainian flag and the other one as Zelensky, the corrupt rogue money thief who runs Ukraine. That's your Secretary of State. I mean, these people are nuts. If you're going to put any flag on them other than the American flag, you should have put the Israeli flag on them. Let me send a reminder to the Secretary of State. Ukraine is not our ally. Israel is. Blinken, Tony Blinken. He blinks every time you ask him a question because he knows he's about to lie. He gets real nervous. Did you see the latest revelations from James Comer's committee? The Oversight Committee, which is investigating the Biden crime syndicate. All the liberals kept saying, well, there's no evidence tying Joe Biden to anything as, as if you were ever going to see, oh, I don't know, a check transfer to Biden's account. I mean, that was never going to happen. We heard uh, mobsters tell how they laundered money and how they didn't get the money until a little later. But it never ended up in their, directly in their account. They're not stupid. So we knew that that was the case with Biden, too. We'd never see a check that had his name on it that was sent directly to him and then Oopsie, there were two. One was 200 grand, the other was 40 grand. Now, in the notes section on the $40,000 check, it said repayment of loan. Let's have James Comer tell us what these checks mean. We've already proven that he met with all the people that sent his family money. We've, we've proven that Joe Biden's lied countless times to the American people, but his knowledge and involvement of his family's shady business dealings. We've proven the family had over 20 shell companies. We've had proven they've had all these bank accounts. Now we have enough bank accounts in where we can actually trace the money back to the source. So we found the check to Joe Biden. This is the second check 
in a week. The first one was for 200000 This one was for 40000 But what's, what's most alarming about this $40,000 check, it traces directly back to China. Oopsie. Directly back to China. That's not good. That can't be good, can it? No. Mm -mm. It cannot be good. (laughs) Directly back to China. How did Biden benefit from Hunter's business deals, James Comer? Here's how Joe Biden benefited from his family's shady deal with CEFC, a Chinese Communist Party-linked company. It all began with a shakedown in the summer of 2017 when Hunter Biden sent a message to his CEFC associate demanding a $10 million capital payment. As Hunter Biden extorted this associate, Hunter claimed he was sitting with his father and that the Biden network would turn on his associate if he didn't pony up the money. The extortion scheme worked. Days later, $5 million flowed in from a Chinese affiliate of CEFC. Over the following three weeks, Biden family members made a series of complicated financial transactions to hide the source of the China money. Isn't that fascinating? But you can break it down even further and even better. James Comer can do it like nobody can. Here's how it all worked out for the Biden money launderers. First, Northern International Capital, a Chinese company associated with CEFC, wired $5 million to Hudson West 3, a joint venture established by Hunter Biden and a CEFC associate. Then Hudson West 3 sent $400,000 to an entity owned and controlled by Hunter Biden. Next, Hunter Biden wired $150,000 to Lion Hall Group, a company owned by James and Sarah Biden. Sarah Biden then withdrew $50,000 in cash from Lion Hall Group. Later the same day, she deposited it into her and James Biden's personal checking account. A few days later, Sarah Biden cut a check to Joe Biden for $40,000. The memo line of the check said, loan repayment. Like the payment to Joe from AmeriCorps funds, it's certainly plausible that this payment where James and Sarah used funds from China was indeed a loan payment to Joe. But even if this $40,000 check was a loan repayment from James Biden. It still shows how Joe benefited from his family cashing in on his name with money from China, no less. Without his family peddling his name and his son threatening a CEFC associate with consequences that he said Joe Biden knew about, James wouldn't have had the money to write the $40,000 check to his brother Joe. It's also worth remembering that Biden family efforts to secure millions from this Chinese company began when Joe Biden was still vice president. In taking funds sourced to a CCP-linked company that wanted to advance China's interest, Joe Biden exposed himself to future blackmail and put America's interest behind his own desire for money. Oopsie. So even if it was a loan, and of course only a fool believes it was a loan repayment, But even if it was, Frank Biden wouldn't have had that money to give to Joe if it weren't for the Chinese money flowing into the Biden family. It's all very complex. They thought it through, but then they oopsied at the end. When Sarah Biden withdrew that cash, she should have paid Joe in cash. 
when they sent him the $200,000 loan, they should have sent that in cash, though that's a little bit harder to withdraw and not have it tracked. But like the mob, they should have withdrawn it in, in segments. But they're not quite that smart. They're also arrogant. And their arrogance is born from the corrupt Department of Justice that they run. They knew, and they continue to know, that they'll do nothing. They'll do absolutely nothing, no matter how much evidence James Comer's committee accrues. So as I've always said, put the whole pack of evidence together, organize it as such so that an idiot can understand it, and then when Donald Trump gets back in and appoints a new secretary, excuse me, a new attorney general, a bulldog, a Cash Patel, or a Josh Hawley, for instance, it will be simple for them to understand the evidence, go right through it, and start charging people. And then we'll see some semblance of a real government at work in a real republic with a democratic form of government that serves the people. But only then. And that's your yardstick to find out if if we're ever going to get back to anything resembling normal in this country is when those people are charged with crimes. If they never are, then you know this country is doomed forever. If Biden or some other Democrat gets into the White House, we are doomed forever. Because these people won't be charged. If you don't think there's two-tiered system of, a two-tiered system of justice, you're just not paying attention. That's on you. No one can help you become smart. You're willingly ignorant. You've chosen two paths. There's a fork in the road. And Yogi Berra always said, when I saw a fork in the road, I took the fork. (laughs) When there's a fork in the road, one says willing ignorance. The other one says minuscule intelligence. You only have to be barely smart to figure this out. But if you vote for these people, you've chosen the willingly ignorant road. Or if you think that they're not criminals, you've chosen the willingly ignorant road. And you have a lot of company over there. But I personally wouldn't find it engaging to be speaking with a bunch of imbeciles. Wouldn't you want to beat your head against the wall at some point? Or theirs. So that's the breakdown. And now the liberals who cried and whined how, well, you've never shown us any payments or any check. Where's the check? Where's Well, there it is. And when Biden says, where's the money? There it is. Show me the money. Joey, I wonder what your dad would tell you about that. Because his dad always said, Joey, a job is more than a paycheck. It's dignity. (laughs) No, here's what a job is in the Biden family. A job is a shakedown of foreign governments when you get some power here. Do you know there's not a Biden family member that's ever had a real job? They've all been government jobs. Oh, of course, except for Hunter's artistic talents and his book writing skills. And so as Rome burns, or America in this case, China just sits back, licks its chops. Gordon Chang, who's an expert on all things Chinese, knows how dangerous the moment is. This is an extremely dangerous moment, right? You know, we talk about World War Three. We could very well be in it, because if we go back to the 1930s, there were separate wars that eventually merged into the Second World War. 
We're seeing the same thing now because China in proxy wars is going after the United States and our friends and allies. And as you point out, um, they could very well start something in East Asia as well. Remember, we have got wars or chaos in Europe, in Africa and in Asia, the Middle East. And so this can spread and it probably will spread because Biden has shown weakness. Yes, he has. And weakness everywhere, I might add. I mean, it's not just weakness. The entire world is seeing this guy at work. And it's not good. It's not good. And China is at work. They're not sitting back doing nothing. In fact, Gordon Chang, is is China trying to encircle us? China is trying to encircle the United States with these proxy wars. And this is sort of goes back to Mao Zedong. Xi Jinping, the current ruler of China, is a Mao admirer. And he's taking a page out of Mao's playbook. We know how to deal with this. We've done it before. We can do it again, except that Biden right now is failing to understand the gravity of the situation and is failing to understand how to deal with this. Well, he's failing because he is a, is not a smart fellow, and he's failing every time he comes up against any foreign leader because they're all smarter than him. And we used to think they were all more corrupt, but we now know that the United States has perhaps the most corrupt leader in the entire world. And we know it as a fact. There's no more beating around the bush from the liberals. Now the checks are there. The money's been deposited. We know what's what. They can tell us all along, it was just a coincidence that Hunter Biden made a demand of the Chinese companies he's working with for $10 million, five for him and five for the big guy who was sitting right next to him. And if you didn't pay the money, then Big Joe was going to destroy you in in the areas where you were trying to get help. And lo and behold, $5 million is wired right away into that account. And then as you saw from James Comer, it went from one account to the next account to the next account. The very definition of money laundering. In fact, the Bidens, if they wanted to actually pretend to work, should just open a little business in a strip mall and just call it Biden Laundromat. Now, people would go in there with clothes and they'd be met at the door by a Biden family member who would say, this this isn't that kind of laundromat. We don't have any washing machines in here. We just have bank accounts. What are your bank accounts for? What business do you We don't have any businesses. We have bank accounts. They're called shell accounts. And so that way we can launder our money and clean it up, and then we take it. And yet, the media has no interest in this. The liberal media won't cover it. And China is ready to to pounce. Except China doesn't have to physically pounce. They're just destroying us. They're so much superior to us right now, intellectually, militarily. Nobody in China's army is studying critical race theory. They're studying how to kill Americans in a war. Speaking of wars, Biden, and no one knows what he meant, and this is the danger of when a president speaks, his words better be clear. 
But it appeared that Biden was calling for a ceasefire the other day. Now, of course, the White House then has to walk it back, in this case, sprint it back. But nonetheless, Biden will cave in to the other liberals who push him, like Dick Durbin from Illinois, the most aptly named senator of all time, Dick Durbin, who wants a ceasefire now. I think it is, at least uh, under uh, in the context of both sides agreeing. For example, the release of those who have been kidnapped should be part of this immediate release. Uh, that should be the beginning of it. Uh, an effort should be made to engage in conversation between the Israelis and the Palestinians. An effort... Well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. He just said, between the Israelis and the Palestinians, we should have negotiations. I thought the Palestinians weren't Hamas. All the liberals tell us and all the media tells us, they scream and they yell, the Palestinians are different from Hamas. But Dick Durbin just let it slip. They're one and the same. He said the Israelis should negotiate with the Palestinians. What are you going to negotiate with the Palestinians? They're not the bad guy. We've been told that daily. Isn't that what Durbin just said? Let's hear it again and see if I'm wrong. I think it is, at least uh, under uh, in the context of both sides agreeing. For example, the release of those who have been kidnapped should be part of this immediate release. Uh, that should be the beginning of it. Uh, an effort should be made to engage in conversation between the Israelis and the Palestinians. By golly, he sure did. He said the Israelis and the Palestinians. But what's the point? The Israelis might as well be negotiating with the Chinese. The Chinese aren't Hamas. The Palestinians aren't Hamas. We've been told that over and over again. Don't confuse it. Don't conflate the two as Heels Up Harris says, and you'll hear her say that a little bit later on. So Durbin let the cat out of the bag, didn't he? The Palestinians are Hamas. And we know that because they elected them to power in Gaza. <laughs> so Durbin wants a ceasefire. Apparently Biden wants a ceasefire so that he can give more money to the terrorists. Netanyahu, could you make it clear as to your feelings on a ceasefire? I want to make clear Israel's position regarding a ceasefire. Just as the United States would not agree to a ceasefire after the bombing of Pearl Harbor or after the terrorist attack of 9-11, Israel will not agree to a cessation of hostilities with Hamas after the horrific attacks of October 7th. Calls for a ceasefire are calls for Israel to surrender to Hamas, to surrender to terrorism, to surrender to barbarism. That will not happen. Carpe diem, Bibi Netanyahu. Beautiful stuff. Beautiful stuff. That will not happen. That's what he said. That will not happen. Good for you, sir. So now what are they going to do? John Kirby, what about the ceasefire? I just want to be fully clear that so when the president said last night that he convinced Prime Minister Netanyahu to do a ceasefire, he was referring to the two Americans that got out. But Israel has never acknowledged that they paused. In order to be able to get folks out, you got to make sure they can do it safely. And that's what the president was referring to. Really? 
Because here's what he said. I think we need a pause. I'm the guy that convinced Bibi to call for a ceasefire to let the prisoners out. You convinced Bibi to call for a ceasefire? Did you hear what Bibi just said? He just said that will not happen. You didn't convince him of anything other than he's not going to call for a ceasefire. It's not going to happen. How many lies can these people tell? And it's clear that the Biden criminal regime never seems to get together on a unified lie. In other words, Kirby must not have spoken to Biden or even read his statement about a ceasefire because he said he convinced Bibi to get a ceasefire. But did they hear Bibi? Did they listen to him? I've got news for Biden and his cowardly regime, his incompetent pack of boobs. Bibi Netanyahu doesn't give a damn what you think. He'll play to the crowd because they need the United States as an ally. But he doesn't care what you think. I wonder why they've been putting Kirby up there anyway. He's been up there a lot from up here where LBLL resides. He's kind of taken over her spot a little bit. I wonder why. Because he lies as prolifically as she does. doesn't matter who they put up there. They lie. Mike Pompeo, who was the Secretary of State under President Trump, was also the director of the CIA at one point. Why would Biden and Durbin call for a ceasefire, Mr. Secretary? There's no logical explanation. Uh, if you put America first, you definitely want Prime Minister Netanyahu to do both uh, his duty, that is to destroy Hamas, uh, and to complete that mission in its entirety. And you don't need him having a second front here in America, right? You're fighting Hamas, and now you're fighting the Biden administration. I'm fighting a Biden administration that has clearly just simply lost its way. It, for, it forgets already now, just short of four weeks, what actually happened there, and is trying to sort of to, to restrain them. And to hear Senator Durbin talk about a ceasefire in exchange for hostages, look, we, we want all these hostages home. We want every American home. We've had Americans killed. But make no mistake about it, if, if, if Netanyahu were to take that deal and get the hostages out in exchange for allowing Hamas to continue to threaten Israel, it would only result in the death of more Israelis and more Americans. And then lastly, you know, I heard President Biden speak today and I heard Secretary Blinken speak today. Neither of them identified the real problem set here, which is Iran. They continue to coddle. They've given them $70 billion. It has fueled and set the context for the barbaric actions of which you spoke and Prime Minister Netanyahu has spoken. Uh, to give Iran more money, more time, a ceasefire would only create enormous risk for Israel, for the Gulf Arab states that are having rockets fired from Yemen, and for us here at home in America as well. Carpe diem, Mike Pompeo. Now, when you listen to him talk, don't you get the feeling that that's the voice of authority, the voice of knowledge, the voice of experience, the voice of confidence? And then you listen to Blinken, and you say, to, you say to yourself, my God, would I love to be across the negotiating table from that idiot, from that softy, from that spineless coward. I mean, and he has no, Blinken has no confidence. If you yell at him, he'll, he'll go run in the closet with his kid with the Ukraine flag and the, dressed up like Zelensky. And he'll be shaken. I mean, you, you get the impression, don't you, that you can just push Blinken around. You don't get that impression with Pompeo. First of all, Pompeo's smarter than you are. I don't care who you are. 
graduated first in his law school at Harvard, graduated first in his class at West Point. He's smarter than you are. And he knows what he's talking about. Blinken was nothing more than a Biden hack who worked on his campaign and got rewarded with a job. That's all. That's his expertise. You've heard Cory Bush's expertise on taxes. That's brilliant. Blinken's no better. He doesn't know anything either. None of them know anything. That's why we're in the fix we're in. And they really don't know how to show strength. Their greatest weakness is in showing strength because they don't know how. They're too, too, too cowardly. They're only interested in lining their own pockets. So they really don't care what happens to America. And that is proven by the southern border. Stephen Miller, how easy is it for terrorists to gain access to this country through the southern border? Any foreign adversary in the world, any foreign enemy in the world can get anyone they want to through that southern border, working hand in hand with the cartels. Joe Biden has created a situation that is so dangerous, so untenable, so catastrophic that we are truly at the mercy of the world's worst actors. Doesn't that frighten you? If you were going to vote for Biden, wouldn't you say, you know what, never mind. They can get anybody in through the southern border, and they've gotten them in. Remember, we've captured hundreds of them. How many got away? Anyone knows that the number that you captured is a drop in the bucket to the ones who got away. So if someone says, well, where are the terrorists in this country? The answer is they're all over the place. And they got there because we, with our tax money, paid for their flights, paid for their hotels. Biden is now pulling the um, Homeland Security people off of their job with looking out for the kids that have been abused coming over across the border and making sandwiches and meals for the illegal aliens who are in in our country. I mean, the best gig in town is being an illegal alien, isn't it? Don't go to college. Go down to Mexico and walk across our border. All of a sudden, you get free meals. You get them cooked for you. You get them made for you. You get free trips to wherever you want to go. You get hotel rooms paid for you. You can go to Martha's Vineyard. You know, I've been, I've never been in Martha's Vineyard. But these illegal aliens have. And guess what? I paid for it. Something wrong with that little picture, isn't there? Just pick out any state in the union that you've never been to, maybe because of finances, and illegal aliens, many of whom are terrorists, have been there and you paid for it. Does that make you feel warm and fuzzy? Well, it's the truth. You can't get around the truth. (laughs) And they don't bat an eye. It's just fine. And now, if you can believe this, with all of the anti-Semitism raging throughout the world, not just in this country, but throughout the world, with all of that going on, we have an administration regime who determines that fighting anti-Semitism isn't their priority, but they want to come up with a plan to fight Islamophobia. Islamophobia. 
The only Islamophobia that's taking place is when someone watches these Muslims tear down pictures of hostages that the Hamas people took, and somebody wants to kill them for that. That's not Islamophobia. That's common sense. One of them is going to get the holy crap beaten out of them. And it won't just be one of them, because once it happens to one of them, it'll happen to the rest of them. But then again, don't confuse Palestinians with Hamas. That's what we're told by the slut-in-chief vice president. This ungodly plan that she and Biden have now unleashed to protect Muslims in our country. As a result of the Hamas terrorist attack in Israel and the humanitarian crisis in Gaza, we have seen an uptick in anti-Palestinian, anti-Arab, anti-Semitic, and Islamophobic incidents across America. This strategy will be a comprehensive and detailed plan to protect Muslims and those perceived to be Muslim from hate, bigotry, and violence. Just the anger that it engenders in you by hearing that. You also then respond to her by saying, strategic and comprehensive plan. What's the plan? They never tell you what the plan is because they don't have a plan. It just sounds, they think it sounds good. We need to cater to the Muslims and get their vote. So let's tell them that we have a plan, a comprehensive one, no less, to stop all the bigotry at the Muslims. What's, what? Where's the bigotry directed at the Muslims? I don't see anybody on campuses in this country going in and, and scaring a group of Muslims and barricading themselves in a library at the school. Do you? I don't see a bunch of Jewish students protesting all over the country, threatening to eliminate the Muslims from the face of the earth. I don't see that happening. But I see Muslims doing it, Palestinians, of course, never to confuse them with Hamas. And what's this humanitarian crisis she speaks of in Gaza? What humanitarian crisis? Hamas was elected to run Gaza. They're running it like everybody knew they would, like the terrorists that they are. So there's no humanitarian crisis. What is the humanitarian crisis? Oh, people are getting killed. Well, too bad. Get out. Oh, Hamas won't let them out. Chinese people can't get out either. Neither can North Koreans. Neither can Iranians. We don't consider those places humanitarian crises. We don't want to send them money. Why do we consider Gaza any different? We have hostages there. You know, we have over 500 because there's 400 people plus, 500 almost, who are living there that want out, but the Hamas terrorists are blocking them from gaining access to Egypt. Egypt has opened the gates to these uh, refugees they want to go, but Hamas won't let the Americans out. And what does Biden want to do? He wants to send them $100 million, $100 billion, however much it is. Uh, the billions and the millions run into each other now. I, I, I get lost. So essentially, I guess he wants to pay them to hold us hostage. Harris wasn't finished in bragging about her new plan and so today, I am proud to announce the Biden-Harris administration will develop our nation's first national strategy to counter Islamophobia. Wow. I thought you had a plan already. Now, now you're going to put one together. You're going to plan a plan. 
She just said they had a comprehensive and strategic plan, but now she says, now we're going to work on a plan. (laughs) They're proud to announce it, by the way. You might as well just take the Jews out and smack the crap out of them, because that's what you just did. You just told the Jewish population in the United States, fend for yourself, MFers, we're done with you. We want you to die too. And yet, you watch and see, the Jews will turn right around and vote for Democrats. I'm beginning to think the Jewish population is the dumbest population segment in our country. How much more humiliation can you take from this regime and you'll still turn around and vote for them? What the hell is wrong with the Jews in this country? Honest to God, what is wrong with you? I've often said the Jews have nothing in common with Democrats. They value education. They value hard work. They value earning their way. They don't value giveaways and reparations and all that other crap that the Democrats love. And yet the Jews vote Democrat all the time as a block. And now you're going to do it again? She just told you, F off. We're going to protect the Palestinians and the Muslims, but not you, you Jews. Not you. Unbelievable stuff. And then she defends the Palestinians. Remember, remember, Durbin said he wants negotiations between the Jews and the Palestinians in Gaza. But we were told that it's not the Palestinians who are the problem, it's just the Hamas terrorists. Harris defends the Palestinians. First of all, a terrorist organization, Hamas, struck Israel in the way that it did. I think it is important to recognize also the distinction between a terrorist organization, Hamas, and the Palestinian people and civilians. And they should not be conflated. No, don't conflate them, Dick Durbin. You conflate you. Dick Durbin conflated them. She's here to tell you, no, it's not the Palestinians, it's Hamas. She sings those things, doesn't she? Well, listen to every word goes up real high at the end, watch. First of all, a terrorist organization, Hamas, Hamas? struck Israel Israel? in the way that it did. The way that it did? I think it is important to recognize also the distinction. I think it's important for you to shut up. Tulsi Gabbard, what is that lunatic up to? I don't know if Kamala knows what she's up to, uh, but the reality here is when you look at things like uh, what Representative Cory Bush is saying, what the squad is saying, what so many of these other people are saying who are accusing Israel of committing a genocide, it, it is the height of hypocrisy because they're apologists and supporters of these Islamist Hamas terrorists who are calling for a genocide, the extermination of all Jews, not just in Israel but around the world, and we're seeing this being carried out by these violent mobs and threats and other things that are happening against Jewish people literally uh, around the world. And the worst part is they're doing this under the guise of, well, we care about innocent people and we don't want people to get hurt when, in fact, um, they are, in, in essence, supporting and apologizing for the barbaric actions of Hamas against innocent women, children, and civilians. That's exactly what they've done. These aren't peaceful protests. These are organized. They're paid for by George Soros. 
it's nonstop with that clown. And they give, you know, these people don't come up with their little chants all by themselves. It's all prepared for them. Here's your check and here's your chant. Go out in the streets and chant it. And Tulsi's right. I don't know what Harris is up to either. Some Islamophobia campaign that you want to protect against Islamophobia? Please identify where it's taking place. It sure as hell is in this country. My God, you look at a Muslim wrong in this country and you're censored, you're fired, you're finished. You might even get arrested. And John Kirby, I'll bet there's a genuine effort in that White House that you take this seriously. This is a very genuine effort on behalf of the president and the vice president and the entire administration to to plan a marker um, about how hate has no business here in the United States, particularly uh, hate that can lead to real threats of violence uh, against the Muslim community, community, the Arab community, Palestinian community. Um, we take that seriously. The Muslims, the Arabs, and the Palestinian communities. Did you notice who he didn't mention? He didn't mention the Jews. <laughs> so this regime is brazen in the fact that they don't care if the Jews die. They want to protect the Muslims, the Arabs, and the Palestinians. Aren't they all the same, by the way? Isn't that one group? That's unconscionable behavior on his part. I can't believe he said that. Even if he would have included the Israelis in there, he wouldn't have meant it, but he didn't even include them. He just right out told you, we don't care what happens to them. We're protecting the Arabs, the Muslims, and the Palestinians. The Jews are on their own. And if the Muslims and the Arabs and the Palestinians want to kill the Jews, we don't care. That's what he's saying. It is incredible that they're so upfront about their hatred of the Jews. There's only one group of people that's being persecuted, and that's the Jews. There's only one group of people who are having their lives threatened by the mobs in the streets. Those are the Jews. There's only one group of people that Biden wants to protect, and that ain't the Jews. That's the Arabs. Or as as Kirby says, the Arabs, Muslims, and Palestinians. Could you care to differentiate between the three? I'm not smart enough. I've got Cory Bush-itis this morning. I'm not smart enough to know what he's talking about when he mentions the Arabs, the Muslims, and the Palestinians. I thought they were all Arabs. Maybe I'm wrong. I thought they're all Muslims. I could be wrong. But he didn't say the Jews. Didn't did you notice? He didn't want to. He didn't want to make sure that they're protected. Now I can't wait for this comprehensive and strategic plan that Harris has promised. Remember, she also promised a comprehensive and strategic plan to get to the root cause of migration. She's still looking. Every task that she's been given, she has failed miserably on it. And so she'll fail on this one, too. So there'll never be a plan, but it sure sounded good to the growing number of Muslims in this country so that they can vote Democratic. 
It's amazing, isn't it? And then we had Corey Bush, the genius tax advisor, jumping on Twitter where she really doesn't belong. And she tweets out, We can't be silent about Israel's ethnic cleansing campaign. Babies dead, pregnant women dead, elderly dead, generations of families dead, millions of people in Gaza with nowhere to go being slaughtered. The U.S. must stop funding these atrocities against Palestinians. She didn't care about the atrocities against the Jews that caused the the Israelis to fight back. She didn't care about that, does she? Sounded like she was describing the Hamas attack on Israel, didn't it? Nancy Mace, do you care to respond to that illiterate from Missouri? It's not Israel versus Hamas. This is Israel versus extinction. And it's disgusting to see my colleagues support Hamas and support terrorism. And when the squad watches die hard, they're rooting for the terrorists. They're not rooting for America. And it's disgusting um, to see one of my colleagues say that this is ethnic cleansing. It's anything but. Take that, Cory Bush. You numbnuts. Good for you, Nancy Mace. Carpe diem to Nancy Mace. When they watch Die Hard, they're rooting for the terrorists. (laughs) I saw today where Biden got around to, uh, when he was up at Camp David on the six billionth vacation trip, got around to watching um, one of the Tom Cruise Mission Impossible movies that, of course, was out eight years ago. Way to catch up, Joe. That's about how current he is on everything. He's just eight years behind on the movie. How bad is it right now? How scary is it right now with all of the terrorist groups that have encamped themselves right here in the United States? Tim Kennedy is a former special ops soldier for the U.S. Army, the Rangers. Are we in for a bad year? Google how many known people on the terror watch list have made it across. And uh, it'll scare the crap out of you. So Department of Homeland Security... And uh, the FBI, you know, we have this, these gigantic lists of people that are on terror watch lists, criminal watch lists. And the number of those that we have captured at the border obviously is just going to be a drop in a bucket of those that have made it across. And, um, you know, it is in light of what just happened in Israel where, you know, they flew paragliders over borders, over walls, and they, they crashed through walls, and then they were able to kill 1,400 people in one day. And then you look at the number, of, and that was that was 1,000 insurgents total. Um, and then you look at the number of people that have been coming over the border for the past three years that we know are radicalized, that we know are on watch lists. Um, it is, uh, it, it is, it should scare the pants, like just scare the, scare you to death the position that we're at. We're going to have a real bad year. How do you doubt that? And yet liberals walk around this country, you know, whistling a happy tune as if everything's okay. No need to change the White House. No need to change the imbecile incompetence like Blinken. I love the latest word out of Gaza is that the Israelis have encircled Gaza City. They've got it surrounded. So much for ceasefire, Biden. But what Tim Kennedy is saying is it's coming to our house. And it's coming soon. The next year is going to be hell here, and it probably will be.
And we're going to get hit on a lot of fronts because they're all over this country now. It's not just a few of them like 9-11. And look at the damage just a few of them wreaked on 9-11. There were 20 hijackers. They took out 3,500 of our people. There's more than 20 of them who've gotten in here. Victoria Coates was a deputy national security advisor to President Trump. Is Biden essentially, with this humanitarian aid uh, to Gaza, essentially paying the Hamas terrorists to keep our hostages? For the president to go to Israel a couple of weeks ago and pledge another $100 million for humanitarian aid to, to Hamas, uh, to, to Gaza, he's just paying these people to hold Americans captive. And the other thing is, though, Liz, I mean, this administration has a terrible history on assisting American uh, citizens who find themselves in difficult circumstances, be it in Afghanistan or be it in in Israel after the o- October 7th attack. And they just they can't seem to get a handle on this. No, they can't. And that's because, Victoria Coates, they can't get a handle on anything. Except Chinese money. Biden gets a handle on that rather well. He's awfully good at it. Awfully good at it. Now, we talk about Soros being behind all of these protests, and he pays them, he funds them. He pays for their travel expenses. Elon Musk was talking the other day about Soros, and he believes he's the devil. He had a very difficult upbringing. Um, and uh, I, in my opinion, he fundamentally hates humanity. That's my opinion. I mean, well, he's doing things that erode the fabric of civilization, you know, uh, getting DAs elected who refuse to prosecute crime. That's part of the problem in San Francisco and L.A. and a bunch of other cities. So why would you do that? Good question, because you have a fundamental hatred for humanity. It's just like Biden. Biden hates everything America. Soros hates everything, period. Hates people. But Elon Musk is smart enough to understand that Soros is not your everyday dummy. He's very smart, um, and he's very good at arbitrage. You know, famously, he uh, shorted the British pound. That's sort of how uh, I think he made his first uh, money was shorting the pound. Um, so he's, he's good at spotting, uh, basically arbitrage, like spotting value for money that other people don't see. So uh, one of the things he noticed was that in, in, in that that the value for money in local races is much higher than it is in national races. So the lowest value for money is a presidential race. Then next lowest value for money is a Senate race, then a Congress, and then. But once you get to sort of city and state district attorneys, um, the value of money is extremely good. And uh, Soros realized that you don't actually need to change the laws. You just need to change how they're enforced. If nobody chooses to enforce the law or the laws are differentially enforced, it's like changing. Bingo. Elon Musk just hit it out of the ballpark. Soros doesn't have to bribe the Congress or the local politicians to change the laws. He just has to make sure how those laws are selectively enforced, as if at all. And so he gets these prosecutors elected that will not enforce the laws. You don't have to change the laws. You just have to change how they're enforced. 
He's Musk is very smart. When you hear Musk talk, I don't think anyone confuses him with Biden or Harris or Pelosi or Schumer for that matter. Yesterday, the uh, House had a vote to censor Rashida Tlaib for her anti-Semitic comments. And the comments, of course, as we all know, were more than anti-Semitic. They were horrific. She didn't care, of course. doesn't bother her at all. And yet, some Republicans voted not to, not to censure her. Thomas Massey is one of them. Why did you vote against censuring Rashida Tlaib? And, I'm, and I'm, with, a, with an open mind, I ask this because I don't think I would have voted to censure her either, but I want to hear his reasons. Free speech isn't just about protecting the speech that you like. It's especially about protecting the speech you don't like. And I think the protest was an expression of speech. Now, the other reason that I voted against this resolution, it was the language was modeled against after a resolution that I voted against two years ago that calls, calls the January 6th protesters insurrectionists. I think it's wrong to call the January 6th protesters insurrectionists, and I think it's wrong to call the people that were with Rashida Tlaib insurrectionists. So those were my two reasons for voting against it. Here's where I agree with him. Free speech is meant to protect speech that we don't like. But we in this country have identified certain speech now as hate speech, and we call it a crime. It's in the statute. It's a, crim- it's, a, it's a criminal action. It's a felony. You can be arrested for it. People have been. So in Tlaib's case, it's not simply speech we disagree with. It's hate speech. Secondly, the language in the censure motion about January 6th, I agree. That shouldn't have been put in there. Marjorie Taylor Greene erred in putting that in there because this isn't about an insurrection. Again, part of our point has always been, how can there be an insurrection when nobody's armed? In Tlaib's case, how can it be an insurrection when it's one big mouth Jew-hating Arab in this country that's mouthing off? That's hardly an insurrection. So whoever drafted that for Marjorie Taylor Greene needs a slap in the face. So I would have voted actually for it. I agree with Massey's reasoning to a certain degree, except that he's in error when he says this isn't hate speech. It is. It most definitely is. And then you start scratching your head anyway, and you say, why is it that Republicans always seem to cave in? What about that, Congressman Massey? Somebody's got to stop it, though. We've got to get back to normal. I mean, I know there are people who would like us to do kung fu fighting on the floor of the House of Representatives, and we may not be far from it. But I would like to take it down, the tone down just a little bit so that we can solve some of America's problems. Republicans always say that. And yet liberals have no intention of taking it down. If you want to take it down, Congressman Massey, why don't you go to their leadership and tell them, quit prosecuting your presidential opponent. They have no desire to take it down. They ramp it up. 
And every time Republicans have a desire to take it down, they look like cowards. Sometimes, as I've said many times, you have to get in the mud with the pigs to defeat the pigs. Otherwise, the pigs just stand up, shake the mud off, and it lands right in your face. There's a point where trying to do the right thing is the wrong thing. Has Congressman Massey ever heard of fighting fire with fire? Sometimes you have to get dirty. You're dealing with pigs. You're dirty. You're dealing with some of the most corrupt people that the country's ever produced in Congress. So you can't sit there and say, well, we want to take it down a little. Because they have no interest in doing that. And the more you try to take it down, the more they see it as weakness, and then they jump for more. So they should have censured her. All they had to do was rewrite the motion, get the word insurrection out of there. But I would have done more than censure her. I would have voted to expel her and to charge her criminally. incredible it just doesn't make any sense and that's what bothers you I mean when Massey's calling for these things do you understand who you're dealing with and sometimes I don't think Republicans do You're not dealing with like-minded people. You're not dealing with people who want peace. You're not dealing with people who play fair or play by the rules. You're not. You might as well be dealing with terrorists because you really are. Remember a couple years ago, uh, probably three or four years ago now, well, hell, it's more net, when Pelosi tore up the State of the Union speech that Donald Trump had just given? That was the first salvo I thought was, when I said to myself, I can't believe what I just saw in this country. And yet what we witnessed was a crime, was a federal crime. And the current speaker back at at that time was a congressman by the name of Mike Johnson. And at the time he spoke about why isn't Pelosi in prison? And it was a shameful display. It was stunning, really, to many members sitting in the House. It was totally unprecedented. It was shameless, and it was also unlawful, Tucker. Um, You know, a lot of people have been talking about this the last 48 hours, and I did a little legal memo to point out to my colleagues that she actually committed a felony when she tore that that paper up. It wasn't just any copy of the State of the Union address. It was the copy, the original. And we have over two centuries of custom and tradition and, of course, the Constitution that calls for the State of the Union address uh, that, that when the president delivers the copies to those top legal officers, the two top legislative officers in that right. co-equal branch of government, those are the official documents of the House. And if you tear those up, you violated a specific statute in the criminal code. What about that? And where were we on that one? William Barr, he was the attorney general. Where were you? Why didn't you prosecute her? See, if you want to stop this stuff, and Thomas Massey, this will be directed to you. You don't stop it by going along with them. You stop it by making them pay for what they're doing. These people are committing crimes. 
And so when they're committing crimes, why aren't you stopping them? We have the tools in the uh, legal world to stop them. But why don't you stop them? Makes no sense, does it? No, it does not. J.D. Vance, the senator from Ohio, is tired of the liberals going after the political opponents, i.e. Donald Trump. And he's tired of them completely when they're so hypocritical. I think it takes a special amount of gall to be from Joe Biden's political party and to complain about the fentanyl crisis that is ravaging not just Ohio, but the entire country, because it is Joe Biden's border policies that have invited this fentanyl into our country at record levels. And I heard a briefing from the Department of Homeland Security and Customs and Border Patrol today that confirmed that very fact. Second of all, the senator said something I actually agree with, that this this whole policy that I've implemented on Department of Justice nominees is unprecedented. He mentions that we have in the past, this body before I got here, approved a number of Department of Justice nominees through unanimous consent. What the senator from Illinois doesn't mention, Madam President, is that in that time, when these nominations sailed through unanimous consent, the Department of Justice was not thrown to, trying to throw the political rival of the President of the United States in prison. I object to this because we are living in a banana republic where the president is using his Department of Justice to go after his chief political rival, the person he will appear on the ballot with in about a year. If the Department of Justice will use these nominations for law instead of politics, I am happy to end this whole policy. But so long as the Department of Justice uses its nominations and uses its personnel to go after its political opponents from the President of the United States on down, I will object because of that, Madam President. I do object. Beautiful. So now he's he's objecting to any appointments to the Department of Justice and Tommy Tuberville's objecting to any promotions in the military. That's how you stop these bastards. You're either going to do it right or we're going to stop you. It's pretty simple. Yesterday, Donald Trump Jr. testified in the case in New York State about Letitia James's bogus lawsuit that they've inflated property values. Donald Trump Jr. is a defendant as well as his father, of course, and the company. And Eric, I think Ivanka's probably a defendant as well. So Donald Jr. was asked if he had worked on the statement of financial condition that they would give to the banks. He testified, I did not. The accountants worked on it. That's what we pay them for, he said. And and later on he said, I rely on professionals and CPAs. We pay millions of dollars, and they have great degrees. And apparently the courtroom burst into laughter. So Donald Trump Jr. is basically flipping the judge off because he knows it's a waste of his time. This judge is going to rule however they want. And Alan Dershowitz is wondering, what authority does Letitia James have to stick up for banks? Who gives the attorney general the priority to protect banks, to protect insurance companies? They're not complaining. You protect the ordinary people. You protect the kids at Columbia University who are being harassed and subject to anti-Semitism. You don't protect banks and insurance companies who, yeah, Cooper Union, who aren't even complaining. This is such a contrived, made up, get Trump case. You know, I don't want to ever make comparisons to Stalin and the Soviet Union. But when the head of the KGB said to Stalin, show me the man and I'll find you the crime. 
That's what she did. It's exactly what she did, and anybody sees it. Except a corrupt judge. And that's the whole point. They're going to try to damage Trump financially and damage his company, even though, of course, when this judge rules against him, he will appeal it right away. And Eric Trump has to testify today. I mean, it's absurd what they've done to this family. And they don't care. That's why, Thomas Massey, you can't fight them by trying to be nice. You've got to get down in the mud with them. Imagine the rest of the world seeing Joe Biden talking to Siri. Wouldn't it be funny? Hey, Siri, send $1 billion to Ukraine. I'm sorry you have insufficient funds in your account. That can't be. I have unlimited American taxpayer money. The American people are sick of your shit. Stop stealing all our money for your corrupt foreign wars. Son of a bitch. Corn pop must be behind this. (laughs) People are creative. I got to tell you. American people are sick of your shit. Well, we hope they are. We know a lot of them are. We hope all of them are. I'm not so sure, though. I'm not so sure that enough of them are. That's the scariest part. Hey, we want to welcome a new sponsor to the show, Mike Bellotta from State Farm Insurance. Now, Mike is going to insure your car for you. That's the beauty of it. He just did a deal for me and my son, Troy, and insured our cars, and we got it done in probably less than 10 minutes. Less than 10 minutes. We switched. I had been with someone else for a long time. But I called Mike, and all of a sudden I found out that Mike can take care of me like nobody's business. And he did for the same thing for my son. Saved us hundreds of dollars in every six months in our payments. And it took us about 10 minutes to get the deal done. That's Mike Bellotta State Farm. Now, if you want to try the same thing and save yourself money, give him a call at 314-579-9789. 314-579-9789. Now, Mike's not a Johnny-come-lately to this business. He's been doing it for over 34 years. He has six people who work on his team with him. They'll take care of your home insurance, your auto insurance, your life insurance needs, all of it. You can combine all of them. That's what I did. You got your home, your car. Combine it. That's what we did. My son did the same thing. You owe it to yourself, really, and your family to make sure you're properly insured. You have the proper coverage at the proper price. That's what We're always trying to do that for you here. When we come across someone like Mike Bellotta who does it right, who insures you, gives you the right coverage and the right price, I save a lot of money on this deal. He's a Mizzou grad, played football for Mizzou. He's a place kicker on the Tigers, St. Louisan by birth. He's helped hundreds of people in both Missouri and Illinois. So if you're living in Illinois, don't think it precludes you. It does not. You can call him or text him, 314-579-9789. You have nothing to lose. Again, this is like Jordan Krugman for your health insurance, your car insurance, your home insurance, uh, your auto insurance. Mike Bellotta is the same way. What do you have to lose? Mike Bellotta, State Farm, he's ready to help you, and he can protect the things in your life that matter the most. His office has a wide range of insurance products as well, and you'll be very happy if you ever have to have a claim how quickly they take care of it. They people, uh, people do business like me, 
We do business with someone like Mike Bellotta because we trust him and because they make the right deal for us. Everybody wants the right deal. So when you call Mike Bellotta, you're going to get a live person, not some recording from India, and that person will be eager to help you. Call them or text them, 314-579-9789 for any of your home, auto, or life insurance needs. Mike Bellotta, who took care of my home and auto and my son's in 10 minutes, saved us hundreds of dollars every six months. He can do the same thing for you. 314-579-9789. Our good friend, by the way, over at um, stl-cars.com has the same kind of a deal going for you. He wants to save you money. And he wants to get you the best car, and he wants to get it for you quickly. And that's Don over at stl-cars.com. And all you have to do there is go to the website. You don't have to go to dealerships, beat your head against the wall all day on a Saturday. Six hours later, you've got yourself a car. It takes away the fun. Here's how long it takes you to get your car at stl-cars.com. Go to the website. Over a 1,000 vehicles there, cars, SUVs, trucks. Pick the one you want. Then call or text Don at 314-626-3251. 314-626-3251. It'll take you as long as it will to pick the car out. Because when you text Don that, then you tell him what you want, tell him the price you want, and then he takes care of it. Now, if you see something else on the road or you have an idea of what you want, and it's not on the website, call or text him anyway. 314-626-3251. Tell him, Don, here's what I want. It's not on your website. He'll say, okay, what do you want to pay for? Tell him. Then he'll go find it for you because he's got a vast inventory all over the country. My last one came from Tennessee. I've purchased three vehicles through stl-cars.com through the years. My son just got one. It came from Alabama, an SUV. Call or text Don. They're locally owned and operated right here in Ellisville. 314-626-3251. Again, I promise you that you will be happy that you made that call, and you will have yourself a nice car, or perhaps for the kids, a used car that maybe they've been looking for. Either way, it won't be like taking a trip to the dentist. That much, I promise you. And that's a good way to start your weekend. I will take a quick break. We're coming right back in the Monster Energy Drink, stl-cars.com, Window World, Kings Court, right here on kevinslaytonshow.com. At our small town diner, just five or six old men throwing out corny old one-liners. They pat the heads of children, give friendly nods to strangers. They sure seem quick to laugh, makes you think they're slow to anger. Those guys were frontline brothers, their lives depended on each other. They were soldiers long before they were men. Yeah, the ones that somehow survived Came home, went on to build their lives Never charging us a penny For the debt we owe to them But you can almost smell the gun smoke And the foxholes that they shed On the days they raise their coffins And toast the empty chairs 
Welcome you back in. Kevin Slayton with you. Glad you're along for the ride on this Friday morning. And boy, do we love Friday. It is Saturday Eve in our world. And we love Saturday Eve. Trust me on that. There's nothing like it. Absolutely nothing like it. And that's why we're here. We're here to help you get through the weekend. And this is how we start it off. We kick it off right here on our show every morning. Don't forget we have the Monster Energy Drink, stl-cars.com, Kings Court Sports Show, which will come your way as it does every day at noon. It is noon to 2 on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. And you can go there and listen to the sports version. So we have a lot of fun. And we're happy to introduce the, our new client, Mike Bellata auto insurance, home insurance, and, of course, our good friend Jordan Krugman has your health insurance needs taken care of. You can see him at thehealthinsuranceguy.net online or call him at 314-602-4055. 314-602-4055. This is a great time to start looking at your health care options for next year. Open enrollment started just two days ago. It runs through January 15th. 
Now, try to avoid Obamacare at all costs. I can promise you Jordan will tell you that. I'm telling you that because it doesn't do you any good. But what Jordan does as a broker, and that's a good thing. That means he's not beholden to any insurance company. As a broker, he will meet with you, and he can do it virtually from your own home, design a plan specifically for your financial needs and your health insurance needs, and then go around to each insurance company and get you the best deal. And he has a bunch of low-cost, comprehensive alternative plans available that I'll bet you're not even aware of. You're thinking, I've got the best plan right now, Kevin. I don't need to call Jordan. And I thought that at one time. But I called him anyhow because you know why? I said, what do I have to lose? If I can get a better deal, I want it. And so I called him, and guess what I got? A better deal. He has plans that have a zero deductible. Do you have that? You should call him just and ask him about that. And he always wants to lower your out-of-pocket cost to zero. He doesn't want you to pay anything out-of-pocket, and he can do it. He has taken care of a cancer patient who had a hundred grand in chemo fees, and she didn't have to pay a penny. There's all kinds of stories, people going into the emergency rooms, people going into the, waiving their deductibles because of the way Jordan designed their plans. He's licensed in 23 states, including Missouri and Illinois. He's located right here. All of his appointments, though, can be done virtually from the comfort of your own home. And he never charges broker fees. In addition, if you're looking at Medicare, you're about to turn 65. It's a good thing to look into because you're going to be inundated with mail from the insurance companies. Don't listen to them. It's confusing. Throw it all away. Call Jordan. They love to hit your mailbox. And they love to get a hold of you before somebody who knows what they're doing can get a hold of you. Because most Advantage plans under Medicare have a zero monthly premium. They have new options that cover pre-existing conditions. So when someone tells you, well, they don't cover pre-existing, yes, they do. Jordan Krugman has those plans. All you have to do is call them. 314-602-4055, thehealthinsuranceguide.net. Isn't that great? We have Jordan for health insurance. By the way, he has prescriptions and dental. He has all kinds of stuff. Just give him a call. And then we've got Mike Bellotta for your home and your auto needs. That's amazing. We've got you covered. We've got you covered with insurance. And I'm telling you, folks, these are the guys I use. Otherwise, I wouldn't talk about them. If I couldn't save me money, I wouldn't be recommending them to you. But I saved me a lot of money. My son saves a lot of money. And so will you. So you got Mike Bellotta for your home and auto, 314-579-9789. You have Jordan Krugman for all of your health care needs, 314-602-4055. We've got you covered every place right here on the show. All right, our phone lines are open for you, 636-348-4460, 636-348-4460. As we head into the weekend, of course, we hope that we still have a country by Monday when we reconvene, but you never know with this group. I mean, you really never know. And now we've got uh, Mumbles McConnell out there Going after Republicans, that's always my favorite, this guy. This corrupt communist, which is exactly what he is. And he's warning Republican senators against supporting a bill from Josh Hawley. Remember what I've been saying about Hawley? I want him to, at le- you know, he talks a lot. And I kept saying, why don't you at least introduce legislation? Because you're in the minority, so I get it, your hands are tied to some degree. But at least introduce bills. And then when McConnell or 
most of the time Schumer doesn't put them on the floor, then you hold a news conference. You tell the whole world, this guy won't put my bill on the floor. And so Hawley has a bill, and McConnell's telling Republicans not to support it. Or they'll face incoming from the center-right. It's a bill that is called Ending Corporate Influence on Elections Act. And it aims to get corporate money out of American politics and cut back on publicly traded corporations' ability to influence elections. It's a good thing. It's a real good thing. But, of course, predictably, McConnell, who gets his pockets greased by big corporations, is against it. Ryan is up first. Good morning, Ryan. How are you? Kevin, I'm well, young man. How you doing, boss? I am doing great also. It's a Friday, so it's hard for me to not be doing great. Oh, yeah, it's a Friday, and i got a long day. But uh, your show gets me through it. I'm on the road. So uh, I'm going to be on the road all damn day. So at least i got uh, – I got four hours of the king to listen to to break it up. That's right. You got the sports show coming up at noon. That's right. So, hey, first off, I told you this before. You played the clip of Biden with the Siri. You can't play that stuff while I'm driving. <laughs> I can't. I just can't. I'm laughing so hard. Uh, and, you know, seriously, though, I think, uh, you know, the, the old line is that they sometimes we hear that it'll get worse before it gets better. I never thought I would describe that as far as talking about our country, but my God, it just keeps getting worse. Yeah, just, and just when you think they can't get any worse, they go and they come up with a uh, – well, they don't have a plan yet, but uh, you, you, they're dispatching Harris to tell the country that, oh, we're coming up with a plan to fight Islamophobia. Nobody's yeah. harassing Muslims. It's the Muslims harassing the Jews, you moron. Yeah, it's well, and I heard a, and, and you may have heard this. I'm sure a lot of people have. I heard a, a really great line, and I, I believe it was from Ben Shapiro, but I could be wrong. But he made the statement where he said, "All this, all this moral high ground that that the, the people that are supporting Palestine and and to be honest with you, Hamas for that matter, they're, they're not understanding one thing." And he made the comment that if Israel puts down their guns, we'd have another Holocaust. But if Hamas would put down their guns, there'd be peace. That's very, that's and a, I just, that's a very great analogy. I, isn't that phenomenal? And I just thought, you know, think about that for one second before you tell us that by supporting Israel, we're supporting the killing of innocent children. That is not what it is, and it's ignorant to make that statement. It's absolutely ignorant, but it's illiterate, too. And that's what liberals are. So you've got illiterate people making ignorant statements. And certainly uninformed statements at the very least. Yeah, I, I, so, yeah, I, I just heard that, I, and I'm a big fan of Ben Shapiro anyway. Um, and again, I, I've, look, I, I've got a friend of mine who's, uh, his family is, fr- is from Israel. He's only lived in the United States for 10 years. Uh, and he's, he said he's never in his life felt the way he does every day. And when I asked him what he meant by that, he goes, I just wake up sad. And, you know, and I just thought you can't help but just feel for him. Well, he probably so, wakes up afraid. If you're Jewish in America, you ought to be afraid right now. Yeah. It's a shame, King. Well, uh, hey, again, I'll say great show. Can't wait to listen to the noon show and uh, appreciate what you do, boss. Thank you, Ryan. We appreciate it. Have a great weekend. Yeah, that's sad. That's a, by the way, that's a great analogy though, that he made about laying down your guns. If, if the Jews, if Israel lays theirs down, we have another Holocaust. If Hamas lays theirs down, we have peace. 
Hamas will never do that, though. These people are insane. Remember, when, when I hear people like Durbin talking about the Israelis negotiating with, he said, Palestinians, which, of course, means Hamas, although the liberals tell you that doesn't mean the same, he slipped up. You can't negotiate with animals. Have you ever tried to negotiate with an animal? Go to the zoo and start talking to the lion. See if the lion answers you back. You, you don't negotiate with animals. You can't talk to them. You can't. It's sickening, really. But it's the truth. Doug is up. Good morning, Doug. How are you? Kevin, I'm doing great. Um, I had to call real quick. I don't really have time, and I didn't plan to, but when you started the show with Cash Patel, I had to comment on that, one of my favorites. Um, I read his book. I got it recently, Government Gangsters, and I would recommend it for everyone to get it. Um, but at the end of the book, he touched on exactly what you went through in his testimony and the fact that um, um, in the book – he says all we need to do in the January 6th trial for Trump is um, is put the uh, Bowser letter um, on trial. And I really miss when you used to do that, by the way. And then also uh, present the Inspector General report. And right there, both of those exonerate Trump. Um, the, the other thing he points out, and if you really think about it, it makes sense. Trump didn't have the sole power to call up the military or the National Guard for that because, you know, if he – and that's intentional. If he had, that would have been an insurrection because he would have been using the military or the National Guard, and they would have said he's trying to take over the government. He's he's um, performing an insurrection. So Cash Patel said, that's a heads-I-win, tails-you-lose for Trump. And I think they knew that all along. And I think they kind of, I don't know, that's really getting deep, but I think they knew let's force him to do this and then we can push that on him. I don't think there's any question about it. I don't think it's very deep at all. I think it's obvious. I think that's 100% spot on that that's what they do. And look, why would you not call up the National Guard? That was Pelosi and Bowser both. Trump offered it. How many insurrectionists or leaders of an insurrection do you know of who say, let's call in more reinforcements against my insurrection? <laughs> I mean, it just, the whole thing is asinine. We know it. The liberals yes. don't get it because they're too dumb to figure it out. But uh, the, the political hacks in Washington did it intentionally. Yeah. Kevin, I'll let you go. Great show. But I, like I said, I recommend it. Like the last uh, 20 pages or so are devoted to the January 6th thing. And he, he lays it out perfectly. Uh, and I can't believe Cheney could get away with lying like that. But the problem is they don't go back, they don't go back to Patel and ask him. You know, the, le- the liberal left just takes that and runs with it. So, Well, the, it's not a thanks. matter of asking. What You mean ask him if, if Cheney's a liar? Uh, I mean, if she is a liar, everybody knows that. They don't need to ask Patel. Everybody about, does. They asked Patel about uh, if his public, if his testimony was public, and he said they wouldn't let him, even though he requested it. But they asked him if he did testify to them, and and he did in secret. And they never, they never allowed anybody to hear it. So as soon as she said that he was unavailable, she was lying. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Kevin. Thank you, Doug. Appreciate the call. 
Yeah, I mean, she's she's just she's a busted liar. You can't get caught any more blatantly than she did. And I sometimes I think Trump sets these people up. He's so much smarter than they are. It's not hard to be smarter than the Pelosi's of the world or the Cory Bushes of the world, <laughs> the tax expert. Can we hear that again? I just kind of love that. I just love old Cory trying to give us the tax lowdown. Here, if you're thinking of getting your taxes done anytime soon, check with Cory Bush first. So you're saying that 40, you're, you're saying that they're paying their fair share is what you're saying. No, I'm asking what percentage is a fair share. Their fair share, the same, if I'm paying, if a third of my money is going to taxes, then I think a third of their money should be going it to does. taxes. It does. Well, it does. I'm trying to understand it, because you realize the ta- effective tax rate on the poor is less than it is on the rich, right? Okay, so first of all, um, I'm not the poor. I'm very close to that line, but I'm not the poor. Okay, so the effective, tax rate on the, the effective tax rate on the middle class okay. is less than it is on the rich, correct? <laughs> the dog ate my homework. I love it when she, first of all, I'm not the poor. What did that have to do with the conversation? It had nothing to do with it. Uh, I'm very close, but I'm not the poor. You're very close. You make $174,000 a year. How many people close to poverty make $174,000 a year? Answer, altogether, class, nobody. She can't even tell the truth about that. She can't even tell the truth about her own financial situation. You're not anywhere close to poor lady. You make one hundred and seventy-four grand a year. That's not counting what you steal and what and what you get from lobbyists when they buy your vote. Everybody that goes into Congress comes out a millionaire. You will too. But it had nothing to do with the conversation. You clearly were stumped. You had no idea what you're talking about. So you decided to bring up, uh, try to shift the conversation somewhere else. And he didn't bite. That was the big oopsie. She had no idea what he was talking about. And that woman's in Congress. Uh, it's, It's further proof that smart people don't want anything to do with being in Congress. They just don't. They don't want the scrutiny on their lives. They don't want the harassment. I mean, look what happened to Josh Hawley. Those freaks were outside of his house. They're nuts. And who wants that? Successful people don't want it. So what you get in Congress are unsuccessful people. People who couldn't cut it in real life, they run for office. Not all, but a large majority of them. But listening to her try to explain the tax code is laughable. Listen to what Missouri's doing. Missouri and two other states have decided to change their requirements on their bar exam. So it's going to be a shorter bar exam, and you can take it online. (laughs) Now, Maryland and Oregon are the other two. Anytime you're doing something that Oregon's doing, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. I hope the Bar Association launches a huge protest. We have until July of 2026 to change that. But why in the world would you shorten the bar exam and do this online? Online. You know what you're inviting? Cheating. 
Here's what they issued in their statement from the National Conference of Bar Examiners. The exam will be taken on examinees' own laptops at in-person proctored testing locations. Yeah. You've got your laptop. You can look up the answer. The person who's sitting there, I took a, I took a bar exam, and, and this was in a gigantic hotel conference room in Jeff City where all the other graduates from law school were, and they had a couple of people in there who just sat at a desk or table. They weren't monitoring me. I could have cheated off my neighbor if I wanted to. So it's going to be even worse when you've got your own laptop. Three-hour sessions over one and a half days. Can we dumb this world down anymore? I don't think we can. But the Bar Association is doing its best. Let's put more dumb lawyers out there. That's a good idea. There's not enough bad ones already. We're going to put more dumb ones out there. Why not? Makes sense to me. Did you see where Hunter Biden, uh, the USA Today, allowed him to write an op-ed? And in the op-ed, all he did was whine and cry and bitch about how he's been used His problems have been used against daddy. Here's what he wrote in part. My struggles and my mistakes have been fodder for a vile and sustained disinformation campaign against my dad and an all-out annihilation of my reputation through high-pitched but fruitless congressional investigations. Your reputation? I'd say your laptop pretty much did a number on that. Disinformation? Which part of it's not true? The only disinformation expert is your daddy-o who lied about your businesses and lied about talking to you about your businesses. You pathetic excuse for a human being. That's Hunter Biden. All right, we're out of time. We'll be back fighting the good fight again on Monday. It's Saturday Eve, so enjoy it, folks. Good luck to Mizzou in their big showdown against Georgia, and we're back fighting the good fight for you again on Monday. We'll fight the sports fight in the Monster Energy Drink, stl-cars.com. King scored at noon today on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. Get that Monster Energy Drink in you so you can get through the weekend. Love you, Mom. Love you, Dad. Love you, Maureen. So long, everybody.